0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Rebound Founder. In this episode, we have Elston Berreiro with us. He is the founder of Tiny.host, which he has scaled to over $10,000 in MRR, and he is an incredible guy. This is a fantastic conversation, do listen to it till the end. Thank you. So, hey, Elston, how are you?
1: Hey, Advik, I'm I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on this podcast.
0: Yep, it's my pleasure. So, before we get started with all the questions and everything, can you give a little introduction of yourself to the yep. viewers or the listeners? Of
1: course, yep. Yeah. So, my name is uh, Philip Barreto. Um, you can find me on underscore Barreto on Twitter. And I'm basically the founder of a micro platform called tiny.host um, and I'm a software engineer by profession have worked in a few big companies in the finance as well as had experience with previous startups um, but most recently in towards the end of 2019 I launched tiny, tiny host and basically launched it as a marketing experiment to help me you know build a product but actually market and grow it and um since yeah. then uh, we've we've done really well we've just hit 10k MRR um, and growing very very fast and um yeah'm I'm, I'm here to talk about basically my journey and you know help other founders with a similar story
0: yeah that's a pretty good introduction so let's th- let's talk about tiny a little bit so sure. how would you explain Tiny to an absolute beginner? Like, what is it?
1: Yeah, so Tiny is essentially the simplest way to share your work online. We were originally the simplest way to share your HTML online, um, but we've expanded to different file types. And the the problem we're solving is that it's too difficult, I think, to share content on the internet. And by sharing, I mean hosting it, um, putting it online, getting a link, and being able to um, send that to many people out there. So we are web hosting for non-technical users, and we are capturing that niche where the people that want to put a PDF online, or they have a zip file, or they've created some, some kind of template, or exported something from h uh, from from whatever file format to html um and need to put that online on a link so that they can take that link and share it um more recently we had a designer who exported a psd photoshop file to html um and wanted somewhere to put that online and send that link as part of an email so we fit a lot of you know very niche use cases but we're focusing on a hosting market that was not really catered for um because a lot of the hosting solutions out there are very technical and and directed towards technical users and companies
0: yeah. so so is it like netlify or like a, a part of it
1: yeah so <clears throat> we are we are not you know d- that different um in a sense that we are fundamentally hosting company however Netlify and yeah. Vercel if you look at the you know target market and the audience it's very technical it's designed for engineers yeah. it's designed for engineering teams and companies and startups um, so Netlify and Vercel have a feature which essentially you know copies or you know has, has exactly what we have in terms of drag and drop web hosting but we are a lot simpler, a lot more basic, and a lot more easier to use than Netlify and Vercel, which basically caters for specific use cases, um, and these use cases don't overlap with Netlify and Vercel. So, for example, no one, someone wouldn't from someone from marketing would not use Netlify and Vercel to host a PDF brochure or an, an e digital kind of leaflet, but they would use us because we're a lot simpler. Um and easy yeah. to use. So you can use Netlify and Vercel to do that, but it'll be very rare and difficult. And I, I'm not sure how someone, you know, why someone would go through all those loopholes to, to achieve that. Um, We are a lot simpler version of, of the hosting. And essentially we're a static web host, right? So yeah. Netlify and Vercel provide full suite hosting. So you can host PHP, you know, backend servers, and they have a lot of features. We're very... Focused on offering you know, just static hosting, file hosting, but rendering documents in the browser. We're not just you know putting a link out there for somebody to download and then view it on the device. We're we're focused on really you know rendering that document in, in your browser, um, so that you can really showcase it in the best way.
0: Oh uh Russell and Netlify, uh, they're similar to the static web hosting part of Tiny so yeah. what about the pdf and uh and the documents like hosting but what companies or what people are doing that right now yeah
1: that? i mean th- there's there's no direct competitor to tiny um that we have found i think there are lots of different providers that you know offer hosting for specific you know documents so for pdfs there is something called like pdfhost.io I think there's DocDroid, and they're designed yeah. just for PDFs.
0: Yeah. Um. So you have you have combined uh, versatile and kind of like some part yeah. of versatile and Netlify and some part of exactly
1: yeah. So we're a combination of you know few products, to yeah. to achieve you know the bigger goal is to help people host anything online, um. And right now, you know, we're just PDF, zip files, and HTML. But we will be expanding um, that offering soon.
0: What What are you think of expanding to?
1: It's yeah. It really depends on what demand there is for different file types. Um, but there are options, for example, to host you know images, um, other types of documents like Word, Word documents, PowerPoints, etc. Um, so PDF is the world's most popular file format. Um and that's one of the reasons we we launched that as the first file format after HTML and zip files. Um, but yeah, but, uh, one day, we'd like to be, that go to um solution where you have a file and you want to put it on the internet, you think of us.
0: Yeah, so who is your average user? Like, what kind of people use your product?
1: On a on a very high level, it's it's non-technical users, so people not familiar with programming or with the web, um, and but but they want to get a link, basically put the, put the, put their file or you know document or you know web template online. Um, that could be broken down into a few different segments. So we do have a lot of um, users for marketing. So people who design you know, e digital kind of you know PDFs, um, brochures, etc. Um, we have a lot of students who are learning to code. So their goal is to be more technical, but they're not as technical yeah. as you know they'd like to be right now. They don't understand anything about hosting. They're just learning HTML, CSS, and they want somewhere where they can showcase their work. We're very popular with them. We have a lot of users from um, the crypto space who are kind of putting up um, white papers and helping people, yeah. yeah, basically you know read about them. We have some interesting use cases, use cases like hospitality, um, where people just putting up restaurant menus. They need to update the menus, or we have have a link online where the people can view it. Um, digital artists are there as well, so people who create art using HTML um the JavaScript kind of Canvas API, et cetera, and yeah. um yeah, have have a HTML asset they want to host out there. So it's it's quite varied, we're quite broad. Um but the the overarching kind of common characteristic in all of them is they're very low technical, no code kind of users.
0: Uh, yes, that that's, you have to cater to all kind of users. You have to cater to technical users also and non-technical.
1: Users. Yeah, I, I think we're predominantly non-technical. I'd say eighty percent non-technical, but there are yeah. you know some people who are technical, um, yeah. and know how to you know host things themselves, use GitHub Pages or Vercel or AWS, but because we're just a lot quicker, simpler and, you know, faster to get things online. They choose us sometimes.
0: Uh, But Tiny is built on top of AWS, if I'm not wrong.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So underlying, we use S3 and AWS services. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, anyone can go and configure and and set up everything yourself that way. Um, But it is very time consuming. Um you need the knowledge you need to know how to configure things. And that's one of the reasons you know I set up tiny because I think if you know if you know how to configure things and if you know how to um, basically set, set this up, it's actually quite fast. But nobody has ever you know automated in the way um that it should be. Um so that that's kind of tiny. It's a very simple, user-friendly um Technology on top of AWS to basically make it more accessible to more users.
0: So right now you are at ten thousand MRR.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah. So what? Uh, so are you are you working on this alone or do you have a team or something?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty much basically a, just a solo founder. Um. Yeah. So it's a solo project for a while, but I guess in the past. Twelve to eighteen months. Um we've I've we've kind of I've hired some consultants and freelancers. So there's a small team around me um that helps with certain things because there's a lot of things we need to kind of you know look after right now. Um but we don't have any you know full time employees at the moment. Um I'm not against that. It's just haven't, you know, needed that, right? And um also didn't have you know the resources to hire that, but um, it's it's just me as a, as a full time employee at the moment.
0: So on a monthly basis, like out of the ten thousand MRR, what yeah. do you what are your what are your expenditures, like the company's expenditures,
1: the company's expenditures, yeah, yeah, I, I think there it's divided across a few things. So. There are tools that we pay for that are super important to us, things like HRFs, you know, support chat tools, their server costs, and all these kind of things. Um, but the bulk of the expenditures goes towards um, some of our freelancers. So you know, we have um, a marketing budget, which basically means we have a content writer, um, a marketing consultant, as well as a SEO kind of analyst and together that really is like a biggest kind of cost, which basically helps us grow, figure out, you know, where we should invest our time. How do we reach more users um, and what kind of audience do we, do we target and where, which, which platforms. Um, and then we have a part-time developer. And so that he basically helps yeah. us build more features, expand the product, in a different way, um, and yeah, those those are kind of the main costs that we we run on a monthly basis that we invest in.
0: So so getting to ten thousand MRR, according to you, what was the toughest thing till now? I mean, there's a lot there's there's a lot of things ahead in the future, but till now, what was the toughest thing?
1: From zero to ten k?
0: Yeah.
1: I I think that the toughest thing is definitely your first few dollars, um, your first hundred, first a thousand, mainly because you have this product, which is an idea in your head. You don't really know what it is, if people want it, where to really post about it, where to market it. There's so many unknowns and so many just um, things you're unsure of that you just have to keep trying and you're basically just like, you know, punching into the darkness to try and figure out which, which will kind of stick. And so once you've figured out how to get your first few customers that people want it, things start to get easier um, and and having a few customers is good, but then figuring out how to repeat that, try to find more of these customers is, is also more important. So it definitely gets easier and it snowballs very quickly. You've probably seen with a lot of other SaaS products that there's a, there's a timeline that shows like the zero to 1000 is MRI is probably is the longest period. Um, and then it gets quicker and quicker after that. Um, so the second hardest thing I think is scaling and growing and it's, it's not hard as much as just very boring and monotonous, uh, that, that people may see. Um, yeah. Because you're just doing, <clears throat> you're basically just doing what you did before, but you're ten xing that. You're doing more of it, um, and that's not very interesting. A lot of times, the interesting part is you know launching the product, building it, you adding features, etc. But doing more of what is working is what's going to help you grow from ten to hundred or whatever k okay, from that level. So the hardest part is definitely the first. K, I think um, and figuring out yeah w- what your product you know, really is and, and why it exists and you know what how you need to evolve it
0: yeah so uh, like talking about your first point uh, from that zero to one key how did you figure out everything while in the process like what resources did you use to learn new things and analyze things what yeah uh,
1: so from the zero to a few hundred, um I've launched a few products in the past, so I basically had some experience knowing you know what works in really early days. Um, mm-hmm. and I made it really clear to myself that I only want to build set a set a basically a very strict timeline to when I ship this product um because I've made the mistakes a lot of founders have made and build stuff too long. So I set like myself one month to build this part time. I built a very basic version of it, shipped it in one month. You couldn't pay for a service. It took like, you know, 15 minutes, I think, for something to go live. Um but I, I, I launched it and I wanted to see, you know, what people would use it for um and if it really is something useful. And I think one of the best communities early yeah. to to use early for the for that kind of um stage is is Reddit. So I think we got our first like 200 users. Um, these one paying because we didn't even have a, a a a plan to pay um or charge basically. And uh yeah. got a lot of feedback from the Reddit. There's there's tons of subreddits out there which you can post for entrepreneurship, SaaS, um, etc. I just post this ever anywhere and everywhere. You got as many people just to try it out um and see what is there. And um from that point. The indie hacker community, um, really helped basically figure out you know more channels. We launched a product on a bit later. I got more feedback from lots of other people, um, and yeah. eventually added a payment kind of page, uh, more features. Figured out what you know we need to charge for, um, and grew it from that point. Um, but essentially the the main growth came from SEO for us, and I think that's one of the most important things in in your product growth yeah. um journey is figuring out what is that single channel or distribution technique that's really going to propel your product. And but that that only that took us about a year to find out. This is part time of course, um that SEO was really gonna um take the product to the next level. Um, and it still is one of the biggest generators of traffic for us right now um and it takes a long time to invest in so but uh figuring that out wasn't easy and we tried lots of different things right for youtube videos reddit um posting indie hackers slack slack communities um yeah, yeah lots of things as well as seo um and then and then figured out what was actually sticking and and helping us to grow
0: uh, all right so how uh, how did the product and launch go
1: the product on launch
0: yeah
1: that was um no they went pretty well I think um when I launched it I think I was speaking with it was the first few weeks of uh like a marketing consultant that I still work with and so it was very structured compared with my previous launches so basically knew what Mm -hmm. what was kind of a good day to post how to write, you know, the content, what images kind of put up and um and also how to get a lot of momentum really early by like telling as many people as possible that you've got this product on launch out there. Um so I don't remember where we finished. I think it was it was definitely the top ten. It wasn't like first, second or third, anything high up there. Um yeah. but that's where we really got our first I think two or three customers. Which was very cool, um, and getting your first few customers is one of, I think, still the biggest milestone in your journey. There's there's nothing like finding out that yeah. people want to pay for your product. Um, yeah, so even yeah. as I hit 10k MRR, it's look back to that first few kind of customers on Product Hunt, um, and that you know that 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 energy that you get from that is 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 very cool. Um. So it it did it did really well. I think for for our expectations, we didn't really you know anticipate to be top product of the day or two or three, but it got us a really big spike of around I think I don't know one to two thousand visitors and our first few paying customers. So it really helped us in the early days to just get some momentum.
0: Yeah. So what 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 else products have you worked on? Apart
1: from dining. I very early on launched a product called Mosey, M-O-Z-I. Um, and that was kind of the first kind of startup I worked on straight out of university. Um, And that was designed, it's basically a, sh- a social planning app Um, that was designed to help people, help friends figure out a good time to meet up um, for dinner, for drinks, for whatever, um because we found scheduling a bit difficult um that was like a really good deep dive into what it takes to build a product, you know how how you can fail, um how not to spend six months to eight months working on a product without shipping it and seeing getting actual users on it, um how not to have too many people on the team. Um but uh I mean it, it did it did all right like I think we had around 5,000 downloads, um, which is pretty good for a first product eventually when we launched it, yeah, but it never right. got the momentum that it needed to you know, turn into a proper product or a you know revenue channel. Um yeah. it was yeah. hard to make money off that. Um I also was co-founder of a legal software company, which still exists. Um and it's basically a product to help you know lawyers track their time as well as manage yeah. their products. Um that's actually headquartered in, in Mumbai. Um and it wow. still exists today. And then um there is a running app that was the product I launched before Tiny. Um that was a it was my personal project. Um where I basically developed an yeah. Android app, and I wanted to make a a simpler version of what existed on on the app store at the, at that time. Yeah. So that's that's still around. It generates a few hundred. I, I think like a hundred dollars a month right now still. Um, but it's more like a portfolio project product. So I learned a lot from that, like how to really generate money for myself, how to market a little bit. Um. So I took those lessons and then applied it to Tiny, but then went further with Tiny after that. Um, And uh, yeah, grew grew it after that.
0: So what was the biggest lesson which you learned from all of these products which you applied to Tiny and which has helped you in achieving this 10K MRR? Yeah,
1: I, I think it's something that everyone has heard about before and everyone knows, but people for some reason seem to neglect it or don't pay as much attention to it, but it is literally just marketing. Um, yeah. I set Tiny up with the goal of, I want to learn how to market this product, right? So I wanted to create a SaaS product, but also realize realized how to market it and get users on it. I mean, I had the skill set to build a lot of things by then because um, I was a very senior engineer, but I never knew how to really get users and grow that way. So Marketing at a high level is, is literally the biggest lesson that if you launch anything, you need to figure out how to market and distribute it. I mean, um, people have told me that in the past, but it's kind of, you don't put as much weight on it until you go through that, that uh, kind of journey yourself. So learning how to market, learning how to distribute, learning how to get traffic to your landing page is the biggest, I think you know, driver of success of, of, of your platform. Um and, and going forward, if I if anyone has an idea or um if I have a product idea, I'd always kind of consider from 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 the start, like how do we market it, how do you distribute it, how are we gonna get users on this? Um, not just like is this a good idea? Because you can you can build a very basic product, but if you have a really good distribution channel and a marketing channel for it, it can be successful. But yeah, if you build you can build an amazing product and if you can't figure out how to market it, um, it's not going to be a good business.
0: Yeah, for sure. If you have no no users then really you have to work on your marketing a little bit. Exactly. Like you said that you, you rely heavily on SEO right now. Yeah. So what are some points which uh help you with SEO, and and just then. Uh, addition question uh, do you think that virality is important like in marketing do you think virality has any stance?
1: yeah I mean I think virality is important and it, it can help but it's you can't build your marketing strategy hoping that you'll go viral because if it's only based on the chance that you go viral the chances are you'll fall flat very quickly you can build virality into your product um in certain ways, like with' tiny you're working we're working on that more and more because inherently we're viral is the sense that every time someone creates a link and they share it 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 goes to a new set of eyes and um hopefully they come back to us um yeah. but in terms of s e o um, it's not. Difficult. It's very routine, very monotonous, and overlooked because it's not really interesting to a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of buzzwords around SEO. There's a lot of people that can claim to do good SEO, but essentially SEO can be broken down into really good, you know, content that's like blog up posts, articles, you know, messaging on your landing page, but also targeted content. So. Tools like HRS, et cetera, can teach you about what you should write. Um, So it's very important that when you, you know, write articles and posts and messaging, you figure out what you should write, what people are searching for, um, and produce high-quality content because at the end of the day, that's what Google really uses to categorize your website and figures out what um, people um, should see when they, you know, type in certain keywords. And then yeah. the other main thing is SEO takes time. It's when we launched our first kind of SEO initiatives, we didn't see any returns for about six months, um, yeah. especially if you're a brand new domain and Google doesn't trust you. Um, so it takes time to really get other websites, you know, linking to you, Google to trust you, and then it to understand the content and understand you know, what you're about, right? So every every website has a set of topics that Google understands that they're about, whether it's cars, hosting, music. And the more you write about this topic, the more Google learns that, you know, this is what you're about. And then Google will, after trusting you, put you in the specific results when people search things like, you know, I don't know, best small car um in france etc but that's because you've also created content about cars in france small cars in france um and those kind of things so it's about really figuring out the right content to 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 produce but also having the patience to really um wait for google to start really ranking you and tweak on it and a lot of people just don't you know have the patience and have um they want instant results and that's not seo um it's it's slow yeah. but it's very it's very organic it's cheap and very recurring in the sense yeah. that once you get that machine going you get a lot of traffic very frequently because google trusts you and google trusts you and ranks you for things you stay there mm-hmm. for a very long time so it's a very different channel to like paid ads or like you know product Con because it's, those are very big spikes but it's not sustainable um, SEO is evergreen, and one of uh, one of the really good kind of sources of uh, traffic, especially if you're building a SaaS tool.
0: Yeah, so like like you mentioned about the content, so how do you categorize the right type of content. So is it niche content or overall content about this specific industry?
1: Yeah, so I think niche content is a better way to go. In generally. When you're building something, niche is always the better way to go. Um, So in SEO, you have different types of difficulties in terms of keywords, right? So trying to search, trying to rank for free web hosting is very, very difficult. But trying trying to rank for um, web hosting for marketers for example is actually a lot easier because it's niche and so you want to yeah. target more niche kind of topics and areas and these tools like hres and semrush will will teach you about them and help you research them um but you want to target lots of them because seo is also a bit of it's a bit of pot luck. it's again yeah. shooting into the dark you don't really know what google will rank you for the algorithm is you know very private um and like a black box so you've just got yeah. to do as much as you can in all of different kind of niches and areas that relate to your overall topic of hosting or cars or music etc um and then see what sticks really um i think uh, a phrase I always uses is, is marketing is like you know sprinkling seeds all over the internet um most of which won't grow, but there'll be like one or two which will really grow really well. Um, And then you just keep watering them like very, very well. And that's your growth. That's how how it works.
0: That's an an incredible way to put it. Yeah. So like my last question would be, which I ask to like every guest that comes on the podcast, uh, what advice would you like to give to people while just starting out on the journey and like while just, we're just beginning on the journey of building so what advice do you have for them
1: yeah i i mean the, the advice i'd give is is nothing new um it's it's there and a lot of people say it i think it's really about marketing in terms of what you're trying to build so if really add marketing to your plan very very early on um the one thing i would say with your product is you don't need to reinvent the wheel to be successful. Um, you don't need to think about what is the yeah. next Facebook. You don't need to think of, think about what is the next, you know, amazing AI tool. What do I do with this to be a big company? You just need to really take something existing and make it slightly better than it is for the for the modern day, and you can be very successful from that itself. If your plan is to be bootstrap. And if your industry is big enough, you can grow that into a very, very big company. So if you look at Tiny, for example, a lot of people thought hosting was saturated, but I thought yeah. it wasn't as simple as it could be. Um. So I took the existing hosting industry, I simplified it, and I launched it. I didn't try to figure out, you know, what the next LinkedIn is, what yeah. what the next Web3 kind of product should be. Um. And hosting ended up is, is a billion dollar industry, right? So there's so much room to grow in this space and it's growing, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, launch early and um, really think about what you can improve as opposed to what needs to be brand new and innovative. And I also think there's a um, there's a really big gap in the market for simplification of technology. So there's a lot of tools out there and we use a lot more tools in a day as, as we use you know computers more, but it means that things are more complicated as as and when they grow. So um, there's a lot of um, opportunities and just simplifying our lives in technology, making things easier, accessible, less clicks, you know, less sign ups, less configuration. Just have a product do what. A user needs it to be done in as little clicks as possible, and that's been our kind of you know philosophy at Tiny. And I think a lot of other products kind of exist by just by just building things in that way. Um, because if you if you can save people you know time or money, you can definitely build a very valuable business off the back of that. Yeah. So really think about that. Um, yeah.
0: That's that's really great, boys. Yeah, I would consider that for sure. That's like that's it from my side. Anything you'd like to say?
1: No. Um. I other than yeah, feel free to um, reach out to me on on Twitter if you if you need to yeah, any more advice. Uh, my DMs are always open. Um and. Yeah, I, I wish everyone the best of luck. I think it's uh it's a long journey. Um, but it's very rewarding and when you get there, keep keep working hard on your goals and and, and have a have a long
0: term vision. Um and you can definitely achieve what you hope.